the Lord leads you to give that, you can always just put labor of love in the memo portion or on an envelope, uh, and we'll see that families get that who, who need it. Um, and then finally, I said that before, but this is really the last finally, um, the for real finally. Uh, we want to say a big thank you to our volunteer of the month, Mr. Greg Rush, and uh, we'll be, and just remember to keep Greg in your prayers tomorrow. He's going to be having surgery, and uh, so just pray him through that, and uh, if you remember about one o'clock tomorrow, that's when, when the surgery is happening. So uh, he's our volunteer of the month. The least we could do is pray for him when he's having surgery, so uh, pray for him. Thank you, Greg, for all you do, and love you, and our prayers are going with you. So, uh, if we could have the ushers come, we'll take this morning's tithes and offerings. And uh, if you're visiting with us today, welcome, hello, we're glad that you're here. Um, As we pass the offering plate, don't feel like you have to give. Um, It's how we support the ministry that God's called us to. Um, But if you do want to give, you can. Um, you can do that as the offering plates passed, or you can do it at antiochalliance.com forward slash give. Uh, and, and as uh, the offering plate's being passed, uh, there's just a short video. Uh, if you are looking to make an end-of-the-year donation uh, for tax purposes or just because you feel like being a good and generous person... Um, there is an end-of-the-year offering that the Alliance always does for missions, and so you're going to get to see a video about that. So let's just take a moment and pray. Father, this time of year is, is busy with a lot of good things. Um, but Father, it's really all about you. And so I pray that our focus today would not be hindered by all of the other stuff that we have going on. I pray that today we might be still and know that you are God. I pray that even now you would just begin to quiet our hearts down, to leave the hustle and bustle just alone for the next hour and focus in on you and your son. We pray that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts today. We pray that anything in our hearts today that would keep us from experiencing what you want to do in us, that you would just show those things to us, that we could confess those, lift those up to you, And, Father, that we might be able to celebrate Jesus today. That we might be able to worship him fully and in spirit and in truth. Father, we pray for the offering today that you would bless it, that you would use it so that you could do mighty things through Antioch Alliance Church, through our missionaries all over the world, and whatever you have planned for us that we haven't even thought about yet. Lord, I thank you for each person here, and I pray that you would speak directly to each of our hearts today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, friends. 
I'm here to invite you to participate again this Christmas in the Alliance's year-end offering. I'm coming to you from our Marketplace Ministries gathering, someplace warm, where I've heard incredible stories this week of God's work around the world. I wish you could hear a lot of the stories, but frankly, most of the ones that we've heard are in difficult and sometimes dangerous places. It's one of the hallmarks of Alliance Missions that many organizations send folks, maybe one out of a hundred, to those least reached places, but in the Alliance, almost 80% of our workers are on the front lines. This Christmas, we celebrate Jesus. Our vision statement is all of Jesus for all the world. And the reason we even have all of Jesus is because light came into darkness, a baby was born. But the all the world part is a mandate to us, to the church. And as we partner together, we take all of Jesus, all of him, all his healing power, the gospel to the ends of the earth. As always, when you give to the year-end offering, you are creating gospel access. You are the front edge of missions. When you give, you plant churches, you send workers, you see people come to faith. So this Christmas, as you consider where you're gonna spend and where you're gonna give, I wanna invite you to create gospel access in those least reached places so that we can live out our vision statement, all of Jesus for all the world. All right. Anything yet? Okay. We'll try this later. Um, so we're going to give you guys uh, three minutes. So kids, you're dismissed to Children's Church. Make sure that you uh, get signed in if you haven't done that. Everybody else, say hi to each other, and we'll see you back here in three minutes. Test, test, test. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Hi. How'd you, you see Spider-Man? Yes. It was most uh, excellent. Yes. I, with the potential the movie had going into it, I think it completely hit every, yep. everything that movie could be, it was. Yep. I have absolutely zero complaints about it. I want. Tests. Oh, hi, everybody. Restart. Test, test. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. But mostly Merry Christmas. Because it's Christmas.
All right, if you will find your seat, we're going to spend just a little bit of time having some real Christmas and celebrating Jesus. So, if you will stand with me. We're going to worship. We're almost ready. <clears throat> I'll just go ahead and start with that one.
bow in front of you this morning, lifting up your name. You're our Savior, our Redeemer, our coming King. God, I just pray that as we hear from your word this morning, Lord, let your voice speak to each one of us. Fill our hearts with your wisdom. Your, with your embrace, comfort us today with your truth. Lord, we ask that you would just be here with us today. In your son's precious and holy name, we pray. Well, good morning again. You know, I, I promised the Lord many years ago that I would teach the children. And he has been good enough to bring me children and not children. But that's good. That's good. We older ones sometimes need to hear the truth of Scripture, too. Sometimes a little more than the young ones, wouldn't you say? Well, my name is Simeon. And I love to tell the stories about the Messiah. The last few weeks we've been studying in the Prophets and what they say about his coming. And as an aside, children, do you know that I got to hold the Messiah 
in these two arms. The Lord promised that I would not pass from this earth until I saw him. And one day, as I was in the temple, the Spirit led me to the temple and the, the place of worship. And as I walked along, there was a little family that was coming along that had a baby. And as I said, hello, uh, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, that's the one. And I got to hold the baby in these two arms. Jesus, who is the Messiah, extraordinary, simply extraordinary. And as I held the baby, I remembered the words of the prophet Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, and I had chills just like I do now. Oh, what... What a child, what a man he became. But do you know that that child had a very difficult life the first few years? In fact, not long after I met him, times got very difficult for his family. That wicked old King Herod, desperately jealous for power. And then when the, the men came from the east and told him about the Christ child, and then when they didn't return, do you remember what he did? I do, although I wish to God that I could forget it, but I never shall. He had every male child in Bethlehem and the area surrounding killed by the sword. That town, those families, those women, never recovered. You remember that town had less than a thousand people. A whole generation murdered. And why? For a king's pride, for a king's wicked envy, for power to keep his station. Matthew, the apostle, rightly reminded us of the prophet Jeremiah, 
who said, a voice was heard in Ramah. Ramah is just the area around Bethlehem. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. The cries from Bethlehem in those days will never be forgotten by those that heard them. The cries of mothers, the cries of the small children. Because the hard truth of life, children, is that life is full of all kinds of pain. That this life that we live is full of all kinds of suffering. It is a wicked world in which we live. And far too often, stories don't end happily. Good people die. People are hurt by each other. And far too often, there is no reason, no purpose, no answer for why. No, no answer for the pain in this life. Other than it is a broken world in which we live and we each bring our own bit of brokenness into it. And you are young. And I'm sure you've already experienced some of that sorrow, some of that hurt. And I'm so sorry to say that in your lifetime, you will experience so much more pain and sorrow. It is a truth that every single one here wishes were not so. For your sakes, that in your lifetime, in your lifetime, you will experience far much more pain than you already have. Wickedness, sorrow, pain. These are still the truths of the world in which we live. And I'm very sorry for that. 
And now I know what some of you may be thinking. It's a question that each one of us has asked. Why? Why? Why would God allow such suffering in this world? Starving children, disease, murder, hatred, loneliness, abandonment, people without homes or friends or family. Why would God allow this? Why would God allow a king to murder babies just so he could have money and power and be the king? When God knew that Jesus wasn't even there in Bethlehem. Why? It's a question we've asked as we've cried through our pain, watched the ones that we love suffer, or as we see the brokenness in our world, why would God let these things happen? Why doesn't he do something? We ask these questions because it's easy for, to forget in the places and in the times of hardship and trial, it's easy to forget that he did do something. did. Isaiah prophesied about it 700 years before it happened. You see, because as we've been saying, God had a plan. And this is what God did. Thank you. This is a reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verses 2 through 12. It says, he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of a dry ground. Almost sounds like a branch. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Not much majesty about a baby born in a manger, I suppose. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar 
with pain. The suffering that you have gone through, he's experienced it too. He is familiar with it. Like one from whom people hide their faces when he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. The pain, the suffering, he took it for us. Why doesn't God do something? He did. He did. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. I wonder if there's anyone here that can relate to that feeling. I'm thankful for our Messiah that can relate. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. I wonder, could that be a lesson for each of us? He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And the, low, the Lord makes his life an offering for sin he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, by my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the soils with the strong, because he has poured out his life unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, 
for he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Pain, suffering, affliction, oppression, woundedness, those were all things he felt. The Messiah. So that he could carry them for us. So that even when we trespass, he makes intercession for us. He made his life an offering for our sin. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. The punishment that was on him brought us peace. By his wounds, we are healed. It's no wonder the angels sang when he was born. It's no wonder that his mother praised the Lord when she found out she was with child. It's no wonder that wise men worship him. It's no wonder that all I could do was praise when I held him in these two arms. Because God sent the Messiah to make a way for the curse that we all feel, the pain that we all feel, the sorrow to be taken away, carried by him. Now, it doesn't mean that we won't experience those things in this life, sadly. But it does mean that while we walk the road of suffering, he will carry the suffering for us. It doesn't mean that we won't experience pain or affliction or suffering or oppression. We will. We still live in a broken world. But it does mean that because of Jesus, we can overcome it. I heard the Apostle Paul say once, we're pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but
but not destroyed. Why doesn't God do something? Make no mistake. He did. This was God's plan. This was God's plan. This was God's plan. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government, there will be no end. This is why we celebrate his birth. Because God did something extraordinary. This is why we celebrate. Why we celebrate Christ's sending. Christ's mass, as they would say in Latin. Christ's mass. Christmas. We celebrate Christmas. It's got a ring to it. Maybe it'll catch on. Yeah, maybe not. No well. Well, thank you for coming to see me again today. I pray that Isaiah gives you hope today gives you a reason to celebrate today and this week and a reason to celebrate the Messiah's coming. I would like to invite the musicians, but let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone here who has felt too deeply, pain and suffering, sorrow and oppression. I pray for the young ones here that have felt a taste of it, but who will probably taste more in the days ahead. But Father, I pray that each one of us would remember that you did not sit idly by, far from it. You came to us. You went to the cross. You felt our pain. You healed our souls. You brought us peace. You intercede for us before the Father. Thank you for doing so much for us. May we live 
in your joy, knowing that you did do something. You did everything. We thank you. Amen. Stand together as we close. You gone before I know that you've even gone to win my war, and you come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. Worship. 
You're going to go out into a world this week who so often asks, why doesn't God do anything? Point them to the manger.
celebrate Christmas. Hopefully we'll see you Friday to celebrate together. Merry Christmas. Love you all.